Good morning, everybody. Man, it's great to be back home, and uh, it was wonderful back in Ohio. The uh, the uh, muggy air has not started yet, so it was it was super cool there, and it was hot and and you know like in the seventy high seventies here, and back there it was like really nice. So sorry. Anyway, I'm glad to be back home, and uh, I'm excited for being able to meet in person. And uh, I have already shared with you, but I want to share with the larger assembly that there was a gracious philanthropist in our body who shared a large amount of money that we could buy this new technology in regards to uh, drawing all the air in. There's not a filter, but it draws the air in and ionizes all the molecules so that those molecules, when they're ionized, actually kill bacteria and um uh, viruses on contact. It's almost 100% uh, perfect in doing that. It's a NASA product that was created for the International Space Station. And obviously those guys needed to have, you know, uh, an environment where there was no viruses or bacteria. So they brought that to the, the uh, obviously the, pri- or the public marketplace. And uh, so we're the beneficiaries. So I want to say thank you to uh, the one who uh, provided that so we can uh, rest a little bit easier now that we have that going on. Although uh, for those of you who uh, are concerned, I just think it's great that you're you're masked up. That's awesome. I try to do so when I get out into the crowd uh, just for uh, both not only conscience sake, but also for safety sake as well. The saints from Ohio greet you. And there was a whole bunch of them back there. And uh, Steve Doty greets the saints here. Uh, he did the uh, memorial service for uh, Mike Harbor, and he always thinks uh, lovingly about this congregation. Uh, and I don't know if he'll be out anytime soon, but I sure do appreciate all the saints back there. And all those here who picked up the slack and ran with the ball in my absence. So I want to run through several announcements this morning really quickly. And I got a whole bunch of these uh, um, encouragement notes, so... Uh, we'll take a few minutes. If you want to jot one down real quick, that's fine. So tomorrow night, we are having our, our college-age Bible study at our house. A dinner starts at 545, and then uh, our study is going to consist of actually talking about uh, the work that the young people have done in the past in Belarus and the plans for the work that we will do in Belarus and some fundraising ideas. Uh, also, too, for the college-age group, we are going to have a barbecue at our place on Friday night. We're going to let our hair down. I am going to probably cover my hair, my bald spot. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to let our hair down a little bit, enjoy a, a barbecue, and also, too, uh, we're going to take in a movie. Yes, Mrs. Compton. Oh, we're meeting here to clean the building. Thank you for clarifying that. So our barbecue will be rather odd, but uh, we will still eat together. Thank you, Sharon. That's why I married an amazing woman who keeps me straight. So, uh, also too, uh, Monday, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday, um, Wednesday, thank you very much, we'll have evening assembly at Tamara's Place at 7 o'clock. Thursday is ladies' study at uh, the Parks Place. And then next Sunday, we're having a meeting for uh, all the Bible class teachers and assistants. And so, if you'll plan on staying after assembly... That would be uh, fantastic. Now, are there any birthdays this week? We don't have a bulletin, so we don't know. So I'm flying blind here. 
Audrey? Audrey? Audrey, are you awake? <laughs> and who else? Carly. Oh, are they gone? Yeah. I think somebody wants to meet with me. So, anyway. Okay. So, Audrey, we're going to sing to you in your sleep. Just nice. <laughs> Audrey, how old are you going to be? Or how old are you? You just had a birthday. I'm going to guess you're 10. No? How old? Seven. This is great. And so could you give me a birthday gift? It's an easy one. It won't cost you anything. Could you give me one of your awesome smiles? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'll take that one. So let's sing happy birthday to Audrey. But anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? All right. Next week, we're singing to my lovely bride, which will be great. So here we go. Audrey, this is for you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Man. All right, so we have our clipboard, the famous clipboard. If you want to help clean up the building, that would be awesome. And uh, you know when your mom and dad had, gave a chore list and you went, yeah, I don't want to do that. Well, that would be nice, but it's nice to have a clean building too. So we'll start it over here and just make its way around the building. So, Emma, could you help me out? Help me out. Thank you very much. And Ladies Weekend is coming up, May 20th through the 22nd. And if you haven't been to uh, Ladies Weekend... I have seen pictures. It is really a lot of fun. And uh, how many have been to one of the ladies' weekends? Come on, raise your hands. I know guys don't raise your hands. Okay, so it's wild and crazy. And I, I really? Oh yes, when you uh, proposed to your lovely white bride to be. Cool. Uh, I've heard there are games of well, games that can get kind of dangerous because some of the ladies are pretty competitive, but. Anyway, it's a good time. Right, Cynthia? They're pretty competitive. I'm not saying anything, Cynthia. I'm just calling out, calling you out. All right, so <laughs> the story still lingers. <laughs> All right, it's a good story, though. So anyway, please sign up. You'll have a great time. You'll learn a lot and be greatly encouraged. So if you want to start that, that would be great. All right, for the men... We have men's camp coming up. You can see it right here. I've been promoting this back east heavily, and I'm going to send out mailings because a lot of them uh, wanted to know more information. So great fishing, great fellowship, uh, great friends, great hiking, great preaching, great everything. So if you can make it up, great mosquitoes too, by the way, just so you're prepared. So it's a great time of fellowship for the guys. Coming up in August, August 5th through the 7th. Now, did I miss anything? I miss any announcements? All right, here we go. Kirk, I so appreciate your friendship and our fellowship in Christ Jesus. It is awesome to work with such a humble yet powerful servant. I so praise God for such an amazing gift he has given to me in you. There you go. Signed, the beloved. There you go. Whoever the beloved is. All right. Ken Weiberg. Shout out to Ken Weibert. You are such an awesome, humble servant in the Lord. You and your sacrifices and doing good for the brethren here at Pleasant Hill are a huge blessing to all of us. Thank you for all 
you have done and all you are doing and will do. You should see the stuff that this guy's got done when we were sequestered, or sorry, basically called off the public assemblies. But there's so many wonderful things that he's blessed this building with, so thank you. And he did it on his own dime and his own time. So good job, Ken. Give it up for Ken. All right. Ryan Compton, I am so thankful for you, your examples and the wisdom you pull out of the word. I really appreciate the reminders uh, and the encouragement. You are an incredible blessing. And I'm going to add to that, you are an amazing gifted teacher. You always get under my skin with what you have to say, which is a good thing. So it's awesome. Thank you, Rick and Janelle, for dinner and great fellowship last Friday evening. Thanks, Gabe, for the masterful piano serenade. And thank you, Ellie, for your peppy spirit. So there you go. Let's give it out for the Steiner family. Now, this guy is my rock star. Michael Fleck for mowing the grass so I don't have to. Man, you are a rock star. Let's get up for Michael. Oh, and, and his lovely fiance. I'm sorry, I almost missed that. Faith for help. I saw you out there helping. I saw you. Okay, little, but still, it's great. Melissa, so grateful to learn from you the biblical principles and practical applications of parenting. My family is blessed by your lessons. Uh, and you know who's signed that? Tiffany. So awesome. That's great. Woohoo! All right, so are you guys ready? Are you ready? I'm back. And so grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You know the, the drill. We always like to read a couple Bible verses before to get that gray matter kind of work in those synapses and those dendrites uh, all firing in sequence so they're working so that your mind is functioning. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 32. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Let's pray. Lord, I'm really thankful to be back in the public assembly, together in each other's presence. You designed the body of Christ in such a way that we are to work together and to grow the body of Christ together. And it's very difficult to do when we are not in each other's presence. So thankful that you've given us now, uh, coming back to the physical presence, but also to the, the emotional presence that we experience when we're with each other. And also the spiritual presence, knowing that, that uh, the brethren here uh, have and continue to encourage, and, and most powerfully, uh, when we are together physically. So thank you, Father, for that. Uh, Lord God, today we pray as we would finish up our series on hope 
being one of the, the fundamental foundational pillars for perseverance. Perseverance unto uh, our being raised up with you. Uh, we are excited that hope, the promises made, fulfilled in the past, and the promises now that we eagerly await are sure. And so we serve you and we fight in the great army of God knowing that our lives matter and that people are depending upon our bringing the light to them. And so, Father, help us. Help us to have that mindset as we realize that hope empowers us to persevere and draw others into a saving knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Now, I want to read the book of Acts in chapter 24, just a small little snippet and then jump right into our study this morning. And so in the book of Acts in chapter 24, really a very powerful passage that the Apostle Paul is using here. And he is actually defending himself in a court. Uh, he is basically being paraded in front of a bunch of Jewish and Roman leaders in a courtroom. And he is responding to the allegations that he has caused great upheaval in the Jewish world and in the Roman world. And so here's what his response is in Acts chapter 24 to those who are uh, condemning him, Jewish leadership, and those who are judging him, the Roman leadership. Beginning in verse 24. Um, is that correct? 24, verse 14 through 16. Acts 24, verses 14 through 16. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men, as he's pointing to the Jewish leaders, these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, in view of the resurrection of all peoples, one unto condemnation, one unto eternal life. I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Now, this is a powerful passage because it tells us what our hope is. As Christians, our hope is that when we pass from this life into the next, that we will be taken to paradise awaiting the great resurrection day when we be resurrected unto life eternal. We recognize and understand that every human soul is going to be raised up. But those who have rejected God, those who have lived selfishly for themselves, will be judged. Now, after doing a careful study, and I know many of you have too, knowing what the lake of fire is like, I don't even want my worst enemy to go there. I honestly don't. Jesus so loved the world, even those who crucified him, even those who hated him with a, 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 a hatred like we can't even imagine. He loved them enough to go to the cross and bear their sins in his body that they might have an opportunity for salvation. So his church should have that same heart's desire, knowing that there's a resurrection. That's our hope. And Satan does not want you to believe that you're going to be raised up. He wants you to believe that there is no resurrection, that there is no God. He wants you to believe that all you have is here right now. So go for the gusto. Grab all that you can. That's really the teaching 
of secular humanism. In secular humanism, in the, in the humanist manifesto, and also in the communist manifesto, it clearly teaches that man is the highest evolutionary accident, and man must save himself, and we must be actualized, getting all that we can get in this life, for after it we cease to exist. That's really written in the humanist manifesto, and also in the communist manifesto, if you've read them, and I have. So it's important to understand that there's two great worldviews in conflict. You need to recognize, I need to recognize as Christians, that our hope is found in Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead and has promised to come back and take us with him back into heaven. And I don't know about you, but that true promise and hope that is sure and steadfast because of what we've seen, God's promises fulfilled and what he is doing now in our lives and what he promises to do is ours. And so there should be no fear and worry about what's happening in the world, but, but an embracing of the hope that we have and an excitement that we've been recruited into the Lord's army. So my first point is this. Basically, what is our hope? And we're going to look at two Bible verses that will clearly define that. And then the second point is this in regards to this lesson, and take a look at your lesson plans, it's our calling in Christ to be soldiers, soldiers in his great army, to win as many souls out of the darkness and draw them into his marvelous light. And then finally, the last one is, is how do you get that done? Through our character, the character of Christ, his spirit manifesting his character through us. You see, what is gonna beckon people to God and to the truth? The love of Christ. What causes a person to desire to change their lives? The kindness of God. What is love? Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is selfless. Love is sacrificial. And that's what draws people to Christ. Not judgment. Not Bible thumping on their head. But loving people where they're at. My brother John West. I love that guy. I was over at his house yesterday. And he is my brother. He's our brother because I simply asked if I could help him rake leaves. And you know that's true. To love someone is simple. To invest time and energy when you see a need. And I had no idea that it would result in him being a, a dear brother in Christ. By the way, even though he's, he's chair-bound, he is a great evangelist. I'm preaching for you there, buddy. He uh, he he lets people know, everybody he knows, oh, we got to watch the preacher at Pleasant Hill. And so there's folks that watch us because he's encouraging them to. And I'm getting these notes from people I've never met before. And so it's awesome. He's my brother. Love is what did that, not Bible thumping. So we need to recognize the three great things we're going to look at this morning is what is hope? What is our calling and what is our character? So let's jump right in. Look at point number one in your lesson plans. Our hope as Christians is the resurrection unto eternal life. We already read Acts chapter 24, verses 14 through 16. Paul said, our hope is that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Now, I don't know about you, but you get to choose on which one of those you're gonna be. And I hope you choose to be righteous the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's your choice. And as was shared so eloquently by our brother Kurt, we need to obey the gospel, to, to believe in the great good news 
and to obey it, follow through. Now, I want to take a look, though, at 1 Thessalonians. What a beautiful passage of Scripture about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so as we read this Scripture, I want you to think about brothers and sisters in Christ who you know who have gone on to glory already. And uh, Mike Harbour is one of them. And, uh, you know, there's so many that I know, and I just can't wait to see them. And I know they're in heaven because they chose to live for Christ and not themselves. Listen to this passage, beginning in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who have fallen asleep, literally those who have died, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Notice Christians are the only ones who have true, real, abiding hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep or died in Jesus. For this reason we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep or who have died, such as our dear brother Mike Harbour. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now if you look at your lesson plan this morning, it says here in this passage of scripture, do not be grieved. Do not be grieved. You know, Mike Harbour, what a dear friend. And when I went, I cried. But I cried not for Mike because I know Mike's in heaven. Man, Mike is having a great time. Can you imagine him? We were talking around our, our kitchen. My wife and sons and I were talking around the kitchen. Which joke is Mike going to tell first to the angels? He says, I got this joke. Steward? Bring me my brown pants. Well, I'm not sure if he's going to tell that joke. Now, please don't ask me to repeat it, but it was really funny. And I'm sure the angels will be giggling. And so it's important for us to recognize he has made it. He's not in pain. No more pain. No more sorrow. And he was in pain and suffering for many, many years, physically. And so he is free. But the tears were for myself missing him and for his lovely bride and, and his family and the brethren there. Now, that's why I cried and I do tear up every once in a while. I got choked up when you're talking about your uh, uh, a family, Teek's family. You see why? It's because we all will die someday. And it's heartbreaking because for a while our, our loved ones are taken from us. But our hope is this. I'm going to get to hear all those are you listening, Mike? I get to hear all those crazy dumb jokes for an eternity. Wow. So if you missed them, don't feel sad because you get to hear them all over and over and over again. That's why he was called Mad Dog Mike. Now, there's other reasons too. But we need to recognize that we don't need to grieve. We have a hope. We will live eternally and we'll get to enjoy time together, the blessing of time together with those who have gone and those who are with us. What an awesome blessing. But you know what? It's, it is built upon our faith. Look at that passage of scripture again. Take a look 
at uh, uh, verse 14. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so, in the same way, God will bring with Christ those who have died in Christ. For this we say by the word of the Lord. Notice, when a man or woman is in Christ, once they pass from this life and they've remained faithful, they're locked into heaven. By the way, you're locked into heaven right now. The only one who can set you free from heaven is you. Take a look at Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate you from the love of God except for you. Nothing can. But if you give up, if you give up, yeah, you could throw it all away. Don't give up. Remain faithful, even in the difficult times. It's so awesome to, to realize that our life has been hidden. Are you ready? Our life has been hidden with Christ or with God in Christ. And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then we shall be revealed with him in glory. That's what it actually says in Colossians 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. I don't know about you. I'm kind of hoping that he'll let me stay until he comes back. Because in another passage, it says, we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And these old bodies will be transformed into the blazing glory that he has now. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have it happen during an assembly. Wouldn't that be awesome? All of a sudden, I'm looking out and you're looking at me and people are starting to glow. And then, oh, brighter than the sun. It'll be great, but it'll be okay because we'll all be brighter than the sun. I don't know about you, but that's what the scripture says. I believe it because Jesus died and rose again. That's one of the things I'm going to teach the young people. You can prove that Jesus Christ lived and that he rose from the dead. Without a doubt, the evidence is everywhere. Physical evidence. Do you believe that this has substance? Well, I'm going to pop this off and throw it at you if you don't. And when it hits you in the noggin, you go, yeah, it has substance. There is substance. There's proof that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And that means that you and I, if we'll be obedient, faithful and obedient to the gospel, we'll be raised too. And so that, that last point there is believe and encourage one another. Look at the last verse there, verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That literally means encourage one another with these words. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. You know, there's a guy in this audience that every once in a while, right in the most perfect opportune time, which is every moment, I get this buzz. Bzz, bzz, bzz. You know, it's in your pocket. <laughs> you know, you're talking with somebody. What's wrong? He's got a twitch. No, Jeff's buzzing me. Okay. I don't know if you ever got a text from Jeff, but it's amazing. Jeff, Jeff over there, that Jeff. And uh, I pop it up. And you know what he says? Stay the course, brother. Stay the course. You're doing a great job. And he's like, God, this is great. And every time, it's like, how does God know to put a bug in his ear to sit down and text me? But it always works that way. That's what we're supposed to do for each other. That's what we're supposed to do for each other. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. If you've been faithful, you are in Christ Jesus right now. Remain in Christ. If you die in Christ, that's awesome. If you remain until the end, that's awesomer. I know that's not a word, but we still get there. And we get, we get to see the transformation. It's going to be amazing. Brethren, this first point is critical. Our hope is that we are going to be raised from the dead, eternal living with Christ. I don't know about you, but man, that gets me jazzed. 
And I know the devil's going to try to steal my joy. The devil's going to try and steal my faith. But I'm not going to let him. And I don't want him to do that with you either. And so I'm going to work hard in encouraging. Encouragement is a great tool. But look at the second point. The second point this morning. We need to turn to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. Just jump there right on the same page. We're just moving on into the next chapter. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 down through verse 11. You have been inscripted into the army of God. You have. And so recognize that you are a soldier. And you have the most powerful weapons in the universe. The most powerful weapon is love. It's the love of God, which transforms lives. But I don't want to to give it all away. Let's take a look at this passage of scripture. Now, as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord, the return of Jesus, will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come on them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape, meaning those who are outside of Christ. But you, brethren, you, brethren, you are not in darkness that the day, the day of the coming of the Lord would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. For we are not of night or of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night and those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake, meaning alive, or asleep, dead, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. Now, brethren, look at your little note sheet there. I've got a couple check marks there. Notice in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you are to recognize yourself as a son or daughter of God. That's critically important. If you do not believe that you are a child of light, you're going to act like somebody, but it's not a child of light. You should walk by faith and not by sight. Can I get an amen on that one? Thank you. Let me try that one again. Can I get a faith on that one? Can I get a can I get an amen on that one? Aren't you glad I'm not professional? It'd be scary. Okay, so so the reality is this. If you walk by sight, man, I messed up again. I'm just a loser. I'm just a screw-up. I mean, I can't do nothing right. And when I do something right, I screw it up down the road. I just thought, I hate this. This is not working for me. You think people do that in their head? You think people talk that garbage in their head? Oh, come on. What do you think? Yes. The devil says... Good job. That's exactly wrong, but right in my book. That's how the devil operates. He wants to destroy you from the inside out. Don't let him talk that trash in your head. Kick the guy out. My book says, your book says, if you're a Christian this morning, you are a daughter of light. You are a son of light. And light pierces the darkness. Have you ever noticed? The darkness doesn't pierce the light. 
The light pierces the darkness. That's why darkness hates light, but it causes the, the darkness to be exposed. Why, when do you go into your workplace and your family and you're living the life of Christ, people are drawn near to you? It's like somebody being stuck in a cave with the lights out. When the lights come on, and maybe it's a light over in the far corner, people what? Gravitate towards the light because they don't want to be in the darkness. That's how it is in the spiritual realm. Brethren, we are the army of light. The scripture teaches about that. Look at Ephesians in chapter 6. And the army of light overpowers the darkness. You are a son or daughter of light if you're in Christ. You have power through the Holy Spirit manifesting the character of God through you. So please note that we're called to do two things as sons of light. First of all, be alert. And I looked up that word alert in the Greek. It's an amazing, it's an amazing word. It goes something like this. Wake up, wake up, wake up, literally. Now, how many have ever been sleeping and you slept through your alarm? You ever do that? How many of you ever slept through their alarm besides me? Okay. And you got to get up to go to work. And you wake up and you see that you have about five minutes before you're to be at work. So what do you do? Have you, how many of you have ever done this before? You don't go, well, okay, I'll just hit the snooze bar. They'll understand. I hope that wasn't your response. Man, if your response was like my response, I'm like, boom, out of that bed. And somehow I am awake, except for the, the footing on the bed. I missed that one, and I slammed my toe. And if I wasn't awake before, I'm awake now. You know what I'm saying? And you jump into your day, and you're throwing on your clothes, and you get your wallet, and you're jumping in the day. And by the time you get to work, you're functioning. You know what the interesting thing is about this Greek word? It actually includes wake up and collect your full faculties. <laughs> That's actually in the Greek. Wake up and collect your full faculties. It's there. Go check me out. I laughed when I read that one. In other words, you're a soldier. You're a, a child of light. Wake up to the fact that that's the truth and collect your full faculties. Meaning, we need to be fully aware of what's going on around us. We need to be fully engaged in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, in the fight that's all around us. When you meet someone, Luke, when you meet someone in the workplace, or you meet someone when I drag you somewhere, okay, and you never met them before, you should think in your mind, hmm, I wonder if they know the Lord. Because some of the people I hang out with don't know the Lord yet. And so I wonder if they know the Lord. And just listen to them. Have you never met Luke? He's pretty cool. Okay? The good Dr. Luke. So here we are. Luke and I are doing something. And somebody comes up who's not a part of the group yet, and, and, and he's listening. And then he can share something and draw them into a conversation. To get, them know, to get to know them. Now Luke's a good conversationalist, isn't he? Now, those of you who spent time with Luke, he's kind of quiet at first, but man, get him going. Woo! And he can, he can really do a good conversation. And he's responsive. That's what I appreciate about you, son. I really do. Because you're responsive in the context of the conversation. I know young people your age are like, huh, what? Uh, not Luke. So it's important for us to recognize and understand the power the power that we have in being alert, awake, with full faculties. And there's one last part of the Greek definition there. 
collect full faculties, and be vigilant against attacks. Are you a soldier? Okay, that was not the right answer. Only two people? Okay, are you a soldier in the Lord's army? That was still pretty weak sauce, okay, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, really. We need coffee here. <laughs> well, that's a good amen, thank you. I guess coffee is what we really need. Okay, a little bit more of the spirit, maybe, and a coffee. Now, it's important for us to recognize that even if we have our full faculties, we need to direct those to what? The war effort. Be watchful. If you see Satan attacking a brother or sister in Christ, you need to step right in and encourage them and build them up. Comfort them. It's so critical. Now, because I've gone over time, how did I do that? I have no idea. We're going to do point number three, but we're not doing it with point number two yet. Just wanted to let you know. Point number three is how you do that. How you step into a brother or sister's life and you help them to grow so they become efficient in being sons and daughters of light in the army of light. Critical. All right? The last thing is this. In this first little point, 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 through 10. Be sober. It says, be on the alert and be sober. I have news for you. Now, some of you might fight against this. It means to abstain from all intoxicants. That's what that word means. Abstain from all intoxicants. Can you be intoxicated by pornography? Can you be intoxicated by your work? Can you be intoxicated by, you know, seize the weekend by marches? Can you be intoxicated by fun? You can be intoxicated, look that word up, you can be intoxicated by almost anything. But it's talking about don't be intoxicated by wine or strong drink. And you're saying, but, but the Bible doesn't really say that. I mean, it does say take a little wine for your stomach. Yeah, it does say that. Okay. But go back in both Old and New Testament, it talks about the purpose of wine and strong drink is to kill the bitterness of those who are not in Christ. It kills the pain of this awful stinking life. And, uh, and so, but as a soldier of Christ, you want to be full faculties, brethren, fighting the good fight. Now, I want to close with this uh, this morning, verse 11. Verse 11. You're in the army if you're a Christian. You need to really wake up to the fact that you are powerful in Christ Jesus. You can change eternity for a human soul. You can change eternity for a human soul. There's a young man that wanted to spend time with me not too long ago. And uh, I said, oh yeah, that'd be great. I changed up my schedule so I could spend time with him. He had this great question. He says, I'm just a little concerned. I, I, you know, if there's no God, what's going to happen to me? Now, what would most preachers say? They would jump down his throat with both feet, screaming and yelling. and What don't you? No way. No way. This young man is really making an amazing turn in his life. He's got questions and he's asking. A lot of people do what when they have questions? Oh, I don't want to ask, it'll look stupid. I love that guy. He's really coming on strong. I'm excited for what the future holds 
If we continue to spend time together and he listens and he processes, you know what? He has really made some amazing changes just in the short time that I've known him. It's awesome. You see why? It's because every human soul, no matter how old or how young, is eternally valuable. How come we don't think that? Your sweet little daughter in her green dress, Afia, when I go to Bible study with her dad, she'll always come into the room and she'll come in and she'll go. <laughs> and I know that she wants me to say, that's a really pretty dress that you have on. Because I've tried other things. You're so sweet, doesn't elicit a response. You're you just you're so kind and gentle. That's a list of response. But when I say, wow, that dress is so pretty. You know what? There's another kind of adornment that her mom and dad are working on with her. And there's another type of adornment that I desire for her life. And what's that? Being adorned with the righteous acts of the saints so that when she gets to heaven, she'll hail from King Jesus. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Her soul is eternal, Amen. Don't, don't dismiss little children. Man, they know more than you think. And they process more than you know. And they can experience the love of Jesus Christ from you probably better than us old folks that are all tainted and warped and maimed by the world. Amen? So let me close with this. We are soldiers in the Lord's army. We are sons and daughters of light, powerfully uh, uh, imbued with the power to change the world through the love of Christ. When we come back next week, I'm going to finish this lesson. Please don't get rid of these lesson plans, especially if you wrote notes on them. <laughs> oh, can I get a new one? What did you say last week? I got to rewrite the notes. Come back. We'll finish point number three because point number three is critical to persevere and help others persevere as well. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for being back home with, with my home assembly my family, and I'm so thankful for all those who've stepped up and done so much to serve the others in the body of Christ over the months and the years that we have been working together. And we know people have come and gone, but Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to serve together right now, especially during this time in human history. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, first of all, to know that our hope is secure, that we will be resurrected unto life if we would remain faithful. And second, Father, I pray that we would know if we are in Christ, we are powerful sons and daughters of light called to the great work of serving you and your army to be alert and to be sober and to encourage the brethren and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Father, I pray that you'll help us to learn these things. Come back next week ready to learn the specifics on how to get that great war effort accomplished with great victory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Let's, let's stand, please. And Jesus said to do what? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings.
All right, let's go share it. Thank you very much. See you next week. Maybe tonight, right here. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.